This is Wake and Bake with Reverend Kim. We're grieving right now, collectively. Grieving life as we knew it. Grieving the world and each other and the lives that we thought we'd live. We had plans. We had a sense of direction, or at least sort of. We knew where we stood and had an idea of what it would take to get to where we wanted to go. We're grieving that familiar, the familiarity of life. We're grieving freedoms and vacations and friendships and jobs and money and lifestyles, traditions, gatherings, smiles, security, comforts, and the certainty of the future. We're grieving the comfort of our comforts. It's been eight months now since we've been in various stages of this pandemic, this pandemic lockdown, and we're getting restless, but settling in at the same time, which makes us even more restless. Permanence, yet none at all. We're grieving our old perception of a safe, predictable, stable ground. It was always an illusion anyway, but it was one that we recognized. The grit in our brains and our programming and the stories of our lives was familiar. It was predictable. It was comfortable. We were identified with false permanence. We don't change in that place. Humans are lazy. We just don't. We need to be shaken and forced into it. That's how evolution works. So here we are. And where are you specifically? How has grief shown up in your experience? What are you grieving and how? Have a look at the changes that have taken place around you and where you feel emotional responses. Check collaterally too. It's not always so immediately obvious. But changes are happening. And it has to be this way. We know it. Out with the old, in with the new, right? Nothing's permanent. And grief is a natural part of the human experience. We grieve in our own ways and at our own pace. But we all do. Kids included. Watch them too. You might feel extra tearful, angry, irritable, withdrawn, feeling empty. None of these things are unusual or wrong. Give yourself space to grieve and go through all the stages. There are some typical stages that we go through. Not everyone experiences all of them. You can skip stages and you can go back and forth between them or stay in some stages longer than others. But we all go through a similar process. It's broken down into five stages, but there are some mini stages that can happen in between too. In grief, we go through denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And remember, yes, we can go back and forth or stay in one stage longer than others. But how quickly we move through is quite personal and depends on your journey and how you're coping. Shock usually comes with denial. Pain and guilt can pop up. Feeling guilty for maybe even doing well when others are suffering. Survivor's guilt is very real. Feeling guilty for being a burden, maybe, on your family or dwindling finances or supplies. All kinds of ways that creeps up. Anger and bargaining, they're still connected to some denial. Depression can sink in, and that looks different for different people. We know this. But be aware. Watch for it. There's also this upward turn that we eventually come to though with some rebuilding some reconstruction and working through things going through new motions we come to that place and then from there we step into acceptance and hope faith really because we do that we test our own faith 
Maybe you're testing your own right now. I do it all the time and I hate it, but I do it again and again and again. God doesn't test it for us. God doesn't actually care if I have faith or not. It's me that cares. It's me that needs it and needs to understand it and get it like a child testing parental boundaries, love and strength. It's me that tests my own faith. That's what we all do. Maybe you're testing your own ability to be in real faith, testing your own resilience. Can you find comfort in the discomfort and know that all is well? Can you find comfort in the discomfort and know that all is as it's needed to be? The quicker you find your way to surrender and acceptance, the quicker you'll feel peace. How can you get to the place of knowing that neither you nor the world need fixing to be taken care of and supported? How has your faith been renewed in all of this? There's a few things that I know, that I really know. The rest of it, eh, I might have some guesses. I'm not too sure, though. But there's a few things that I know. I've come to know them. I know that I'm eternal. I know for sure that we live on. The soul lives eternally. How? I've seen it. I've talked to spirit and I've had the details confirmed. I've had enough direct experience, direct contact for myself to know. I know we're eternal beings. I know for sure that I influence the world around me. I've seen that too. I've seen my thoughts come to fruition. I've seen myself affect the quantum field. I know that I create the life that I want. I create the life that I believe. I've seen it. I've done it. I know for sure that I've always been taken care of. The quantum field provides, and I can look back and see all of the dots collect connecting in my life to support me, guide me, and I can see the perfection of every speed bump and roadblock, every open door or open arms. I know for sure that hindsight always makes sense of what I've experienced, and I can see the silver linings and how it's always moving me to my best self. I know for sure I have an ego. I know for sure I have a soul. And I know for sure I can mix them both up. You gotta know what's intuition and what's ego. They're not the same. Ego is scared. Ego is threatened. Ego will cling and create to support itself. Your higher self knows there is no threat. Your higher self knows there is nothing to worry about or struggle for or with at all, ever. No matter what global, political, social, or environmental states look like, no matter what people are doing, what your bank account looks like, what's changing and shuffling around on the external, no matter what people and circumstances look like, your higher self knows that the evolution that's taking place is taking place in complete divine perfection. But there is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. No evil and no fight between light and dark. Your soul, your actual soul, not your mental constructs that get confused and confusing and we make mistakes and interpret our thoughts and programming to be our intuition all the time. Gut feelings are usually that. They're from the solar plexus, not the soul. A power struggle, a desire to be right, a desire to solidify the known grid of your programming to suit your ego's agenda. Intuition, your soul speaking to you will always and only feel like relief. It will never cause harm or upset. 
If you're struggling, if you're suffering in any way, if you're feeling stress or anxiety, you're an ego. If you're feeling challenged or that there is a challenge to be addressed, you can be certain that that's ego. Your soul doesn't worry. Your soul doesn't fight, just like God doesn't. The universe trusts. It's like that wise old woman who's unaffected by anything around her, silent, observing, but has that disarming feeling to her too, because you know that she knows. Your soul is like that. It knows. It allows. It lets the children fight and argue and throw things and say mean words at each other and watches them stumble and try to find their way, knowing that they can, in full faith in their ability to find the path and learn what they need to along their way, stopping to make a few friends and gain insight from the surrounding supporting characters. Your soul is the director. It doesn't worry about the storyline. God is the stage. It doesn't worry about what actors are doing. The show must go on. Sometimes it's a drama or romantic comedy or a really good character story. It's always a blockbuster, though. It's your life. Make it what you want from it. Because it really is quick. Our time here. Our lives happen so quickly. Look at how fast this past year has gone. The longest year of so many people's lives. And we're eight months into this already. Life happens quickly. Even the longest year, how fast this went. Be here. Take it all in without judging it as good or bad or desirable or not. Accept it. You're here. You're alive. And you get to be part of an important time in the evolution of our species. So use it. Use this time. Use your life as best as you can. Reinvent and consciously create the new as so many endings present themselves now. Opportunities are everywhere. A fresh start in so many ways. Grief is inevitable as we go through the motions and the aftermath. But hope is on the other side of that. My favorite line from the book and movie, Eat, Pray, Love. Mm. She says, ruin is a gift. Ruin is the road to transformation. Love it. Allow the falling apart to take place and look for the opportunities to rebuild anew. Consciously. Most of what's crumbling was either created unconsciously or from a place of ego which is the same thing. Make sure you're creating from soul, otherwise new lessons will ensue. Recognize where and how you're suffering. Understand the core of it and transcend it by coming to the place of thanking it for how it has helped you in whatever way that it has. And if you can't find the how yet, then keep looking, because it's always there. Remember that what you resist persists. Resistance of any sort. If you're resisting what's in front of you, resisting your reality or your response to it, your feelings about what's happening, if you're in denial or pushing against something, even protesting, you get what you don't want. Scream no, and what you're really saying is yes, please, begging and pleading for it. That's the way energy works. It doesn't hear your words. It interprets your vibe. Scream no, and it understands your intense focus and passion, and poof, you and the world get a whole bunch more of whatever that was. I don't want to feel this way. Things shouldn't be like this. I want my freedoms back. You're demanding more of what you're resisting. I want freedom, translated, means I'm not free. So you'll create and attract more to support that belief and live in more and more misery. It's metaphysics. It's just the way that energy works. And we're all energetic beings. Energetic beings shedding layers of ourselves. 
cycles are ending all over the place. The external reflects the internal. Fix what's going on inside and your external reality will follow suit. That's how you become a conscious creator. Grief teaches us about our mortality. Our mortality teaches us our spirituality. You have to know your mortality to know your immortality. Duality takes contrast to know the other. Grief teaches us to let go, to surrender, and to open ourselves up to faith. Let it renew you. Let your grief lead the way. Allow it and learn from it. Let go of whatever you're clinging to and get curious about why you're meant to let go, why that cycle was meant to end, why you're meant to move forward, and in which new ways. What will it take from you to become the change that you're being called to become? Are you willing? Are you ready? Of course you're ready. You wouldn't be suffering if you weren't. You wouldn't be experiencing this if it wasn't time. The divine always knows. The dots always, always connect. Don't wait for hindsight. Don't look for foresight. Just trust. Allow. Stay detached from identifying with any of it. Know that it's a story being played out and that your eternal self is directing God's script. And you and your free will get to make adjustments to how you move from one scene to the next. You get to decide if you enjoy the flick or not. It really is a choice. Allow your grief to transform your experience. Change is inevitable. Nothing ever stays the same. Not even a global pandemic. This too shall pass. But in the meantime, let's light it up with Reverend Kim.